Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Although that there is nothing like being in front of a crowd, nothing like being in front of an audience, I think that both of us are finding euphoria in different parts of our day that we've never found before. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of It Ain't Week to Speak. My name is Sam Webb, and this show is dedicated to ending the stigma around mental health through community, connection, and the hard-hitting truth. I'll be speaking with guests from all over the world about life to inspire and to educate people to speak up so that we can save more lives. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of It Ain't Week to Speak. Thank you to everyone who's been taking the time to listen into the episodes week after week. I hope that you're learning a lot of new things. I hope you've been able to share some insights with your family, your loved ones, your mates, your friends, whoever it is. Uh, thank you for, for being on this journey with me. Thank you for being on this journey with us at Livin. We're very, very grateful for your time. Whatever it is you're investing your time in right now, I tell you right now, don't ever underestimate it. Whether you're listening to this podcast or reading a book, it goes to show that you're trying very hard to work on yourself. So big, big high fives to you for doing that and being on this journey with me. I'm so lucky that you guys are part of this community. Uh, and I hope that this episode, like all of the other episodes, are able to bring you some amazing insight and wisdoms and learnings so that you can grow and become the best version of yourselves. Well, today's guests are the boys from the rock band in the States called Wayland. They go way back. They've toured with The Kiss, Bon Jovi. They've they've almost done it all. Uh, they're now in quarantine in Joshua Tree, writing lyrics, writing songs, spreading messages of hope through the music. Uh, I find these guys are extremely inspiring. They, their work ethic is on another level. They're professionals in what they do, but it goes a lot deeper than that. These guys are best friends. They've helped each other along their journey, being on the road for almost 300 shows every year for eight years and not really having a base and a foundation. I want to talk to them how they find uh, their grounding, so to speak, how they've managed to deal with one another, how they deal with the, the euphoric highs of being a professional musician and being on the road like that and, you know, VIP shows and what it's like on that journey and then the, then their come down, so to speak, and how they manage their, their own self-care in between. But for everyone out there, whether you're a musician or not, this is an episode you don't want to miss. I can't wait to get these guys on the show. I'm so lucky that I was able to connect with them, but let's get them straight on to the podcast. Philip and Mitch from the rock band Wayland. Welcome, fellas. Good day, good day. Hello, hello. <laughs> yeah, how's things out in Joshua Tree, fellas? It's hot. But it's, it's, a, it's amazing. It's still amazing. We love it here. How long have you been out there for now? About a month and a half. We moved here July 1st. Six weeks. Yeah. Where did you move from? We were staying in Los Angeles uh, 
it's been a lot of moving. We weren't really staying anywhere. Um, we were in Los Angeles for just a couple of weeks before that, but uh, we'd been quarantined randomly in Miami for a month and a half before that. And, you know, we, we were in LA making a record a little bit. Um, and before that we toured all over, you know, all over the States for uh, about eight years straight, you know, all the time. So this is the first time that we've really got to feel like we had a home in about 10 years, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. Unpack our, our toiletries and leave them in the shower. I want to really talk to you about that stuff, boys, because I don't, I don't know how you, I, I spent a little bit of time on the road speaking and whatnot over the years, but nothing like what you fellas have done. I mean, and we'll talk about how you guys were able to stay uh, well and look after each other, yourself, and the challenges that you posed along the way. Um, but I do want to make a mention. This is the first podcast I've done on It Ain't Week to Speak with two guests. So, boys, these are the first ones. Welcome. I'm excited to speak with you. Your music's outstanding, especially the new song, which we'll talk about soon. But before we go there, what, what's quarantine been like for you guys? I mean, going from being on tour almost every day for the last eight years, which obviously takes its toll on you mentally and physically, no doubt. How's it been being in lockdown? Have you got a lot of work done? Is it hard? Is it challenging? What are you, what are you finding? I think that we we both had our own challenges throughout, but we've had a very different experience throughout the months of quarantine. You know, at first, whenever things got locked down, we were we were in a beautiful home in Florida that we spent forty days and forty nights with friends there when we first got quarantined, and then we were quarantined, you know, in in Los Angeles for a little bit. And throughout it all, I think that both of us have been really creative, not only in writing songs, but getting creative and how we kept in touch and got closer to the Wayland Warriors who are our beloved fan base, you know, and, and we got creative in finding ways and connecting with them and keeping them connected to us. And through that process, I think that we're a lot closer with the people that follow us and listen to our music. Since, since we first started having a band, you know, we were like, 20 years old in Los Angeles and had like nine dudes in one bedroom apartment and people came in and out of our lives, especially being in LA, you meet a lot of actors and comedians and dancers and, you know, other musicians. And even back then I always felt really lucky that we had each other because, you know, there's days everybody has it. You get up and you're like, why am I doing this? Is this really going to have an impact? Is it worth it? Like why get out of bed? You know, and I hadn't felt that in a long time because, you know, when you're on the road and you're cooking and you got shows and interviews and all this stuff happening and you're directly connected to the fan base because you're doing VIPs and you're hanging out every night and you're hearing stories every day about how your music has affected their lives. So that keeps you going. That's our, our, our bloodline, you know. Our, but when all of a sudden you're not doing that, having each other was a really important thing in that connection. And I just, going back to the early days, like I said, um, I always kind of, felt bad for an actor because like they only had themselves to motivate them. You know, you don't have that other guy that's like, dude, you got to get out of bed and write a song with me today. Um, and so the quarantine kind of brought some of that up again, especially for me where it was work to not get down sometimes, you know, to not be frustrated with the lack of things happening. Yeah. And, and we were supposed, we were supposed to be on the road and we love being on the road. We love touring, love play. We had great shows, uh, set up uh, opening up for our, our good friends in the band hinder and we were really excited about that so that rug kind of got taken out from under us I feel lucky that how we live 
we're in a practice of flowing through those changes, even though we may be disappointed or, or upset at some point, you know, those things definitely came up for us. I know it came up for me where it's like, man, that's a bummer. I do wish that we were on the road, but I think that we looked at the, the, the time as an opportunity to really hone in on how we wanted to uh, continue writing. And like I said, continue connecting with that fan base. I mean, continuing everything because number one, this sounds so petty what we're talking about. Oh, we, you know, it's like, we, we don't have shows. Okay, well, there's people out there that are losing their homes, losing their life, losing their, losing their family members, losing their income, whatever. Like, there's some serious shit going on, you know? And we started to hear that from our fan base. When we started, we, we started a thing called the Quarantine Concert Series. So every night we would hop on line and just play like four or five songs just to basically offer, it's like to cheer people up or like to offer something. That's amazing. You know? Yeah, I mean, we didn't have anything else to offer except for our music, you know. So we did that every night, and we yeah. saw a huge impact. Yeah, we you absolutely know, did. You yeah. know, I don't think I did not anticipate it making that much of a difference. You know, like we just kind of looked at each other and like, this is what we have to offer. We have songs, and we want to get online every night and say hello. And in that process, so many people were writing us, and they were saying you know, the quarantine concert series, this is what I have to look forward to every single day. This is what I, this is literally keeping a smile on my face at a time where that smile is kind of going away. And we were getting messages upon messages. And I think after the first week of doing that, it was like, we felt a responsibility. It was like, it started to get really fun. It started to get really enjoyable because there was that circuitry and knowing that when we were hopping on line every, every night, the people that were on the other side of the computer or on the other side of the phone, they were hopping online with us and hopping online with themselves. And it was making them feel better and it was making us feel good. It was giving us direction and purpose. And, and that was just a really beautiful thing that happened. I don't think that either one of us expected it to have that big of an impact. And that's the thing you guys your writing comes from a very sacred place and everything that you guys write about is, you know, got a meaning and connection and trying to bring the realness out in people. And you talk about real things, which people's, you know, deal with on a day-to-day basis, which I think is also extremely inviting because you guys not only are being vulnerable yourself, but you're giving and making a space for your Wayland warrior community to also be vulnerable too. So when they're listening to your music, I'm sure you guys have been flooded with messages over the years where people are like, you've saved my life. Your music makes me, you know, it keeps me going at days when I struggle. Like, what are some of the messages that you guys receive from time to time? Yeah, I remember it first started, you know, like our first tour was like 2012, 13, 14. And we had this EP out called Welcome to My Head. And on that, and, and I mean, that song speaking of mental health i mean welcome to my head is exactly it was you know we've we've been reflective man it's like when you're writing a song it's actually a lot easier to just write a bunch of cool words that rhyme it's harder in my opinion to dig deeper and to say what does this really mean what am what are we really trying to say does this match the message of the song you know it's it's easier to rhyme just rhyme absolutely yeah you have to put yourself second I always feel bad, you know, or not feel bad, but like it it pops up in my head sometimes for Mitch because like we'll be writing some really intimate stuff. He's the one that's got to be out front singing the words, 
even though that particular moment could be about me, he's out there singing them, you know? So that's kind of, that's kind of a strange thing. But I remember a, a song called On My Knees that's on my first, or on our first EP, my first EP, my first <laughs> record. <laughs> Tell us about that, Phil. <laughs> and the first thing we started hearing was mainly from veterans that this song had helped them when they were overseas. And there was a lot of it. It's a lot, overwhelming numbers. How it had gotten them through those times uh, overseas. And then, um, yeah, when you start to hear, even when you start to hear about songs that you didn't think really meant much, and all of a sudden someone says that it, like you said, it saved their life. It, it encouraged them to to speak out. You know, that is like, oh. It's invaluable, man. It's invaluable. No matter how long your songs take to write and how deep you dig on them, to get them to a place where, you know, Mitch, you're singing them, and you're at the back, you know, playing the guitar. You're the lead guitarist, Philip. Is that right? Never in the back. Never in the back. You're at the front. I should say in the front. Yeah. But, but uh, you know what I meant. <laughs> right in the front, man. Right in the front. But, you know, that's, that's the stuff that really matters. And you can't, you know, you could do all the stuff that you do. And if you save one life, it's a success. You know what I mean? I, I think, you know, as we started to, uh, along that journey and we started to get that kind of response, you realize really quickly that, writing the songs and performing them it's just not about you anymore it's just not i mean obviously we enjoy it i i love personally it's my favorite place to be is on stage with phil and it's my favorite place to be in front of an audience like that but when you really look at it in the big scheme of things in the big picture it's just not about us it's about the ability to share that music and to reflect it off of the people listening and really going about changing one life at a time and changing one mind at a time for the better. And, and you just realize really quickly that it's so much bigger than us individually and us as a band, you know, and I think that's the beautiful thing about one of the most beautiful things about music, you know, because it's almost like a, it's a ripple effect. Cause it take, you know, you could show it to one person who listens to it, that it makes a change in their life who then tells someone else about it. And it sort of like spreads like wildfire that way but where do you get your inspiration from when you're writing your songs like just to be clear we never have ever set out to write a song like hey we're gonna write an inspirational song yeah today. yeah you know that's not how it works we just write about every little thing in our life especially our relationships yep so we you know i think it's when you're driving down the road in like this long metal tube with nine other people for 300 days a year it is a spiritual mirror. Nobody can hide anything. And if someone's going through a hard time, everybody in the bus knows it. And so you are this little, I wouldn't call it pressure, but there's an opportunity to get really real with yourself all the time. Cause you can't, there's no hiding it. You know, and I think in day-to-day -day life, it's easier to hide stuff from ourselves and from other people. But in that scenario, it's just out there for everyone. And so that causes a lot of conversations. You know what I mean? We're constantly having heart to hearts in the back lounge of the bus or in the backstage because you got to go on stage every night at a certain time. And by then you need to be ready to like Mitch was saying to give to the audience. Yeah. And that's exactly right. And as you just mentioned then, you know, Philip, you really understand and recognize people their best when, you know, I, I know more about my friends when I've actually been on a long holiday with them than I do on a day-to-day -day basis because I get to see their little nuances and the things that they probably wouldn't do on a day-to-day -day basis, you know? Totally. 
It's so, it's so true. And then you're like, this guy's great to hang out with on the weekend, but bloody hell, he's annoying to go away on a holiday with. <laughs> but how do, how do you guys be on, like, let's, let's talk around, how do you manage yourself? So you're on the road 300 days a year. You mentioned you never really have had a place to unpack your toiletries. You never probably unpacked your suitcase and had everything in a, in a nice order. How does that make you feel, though? Like when you're doing that day in and day out for 300 days a year, where do you find peace and where do you find the ground of self-care and all that stuff? This is a big part of this conversation I want to I want to dive into. Well, I do think that I, I must say that I do feel looking back during that span, we were very ungrounded. I'm not here to say that we handled it with grace. Okay. And what, what way were you ungrounded? Like what? We ne- Our feet never hit the ground. We were flying. We we're going to the next town every day. Every like, we you go to sleep at night on the bus, and you wake up seven hours away and try to stumble off the bus and find a cup of coffee. You know, like so you never know where you're at. And it sounds and it is it's amazing. Like we love it, but just looking back, um, the only like you ask where you get peace. You get peace when you like find a laundromat and you have to sit in one place for thirty minutes while you're waiting for your clothes. That was about the only time that I would yeah have to myself so sleeping in buses you, you don't get hotel rooms or anything like that when you're on the road very often. Sometimes, yeah it, it, Once a few a and far between few and far between and that was all over the states so that's some serious work so where do you find time to look after yourself if you're not sitting in a laundry mat or you're not singing like i understand you know when you're performing it it's therapeutic and it you know it's probably your meditation to some degree because it makes you feel good you're helping other people but away from the stage, when you're traveling and your feet aren't hitting the ground, where do you find that care? I mean, obviously, personally, you know, I'd go through some some rough spots or or whatever. I'd see Philip going through something strange or going through something that was a little bit hard. But you really don't. At least I wasn't really thinking that at the time. I was never thinking like, well, you know, I'm not very grounded right now, and that's maybe why I'm having trouble connecting to this emotion or whatever. You know, like you're just not thinking about that. You're flying by the seat of your pants and you're going from radio interview to VIP and then you're rolling out a little mat so you can sleep behind the stage for like 20 minutes before you wash your face and get ready for the next VIP. And, and, and it's all moving so quickly that you really, you don't, you're not thinking about that time. I, I think now that we're off the road and we do have a space, we can look back on that and we can say, okay, you know, when we go back out again, we can do things a little bit differently individually and together as a team. But in that time, especially, you know, we left, it was like, we left one weekend, we were living in Michigan. We left one weekend and we were gone for eight years. Like that's how it happened. So it was just like a blink of an eye. We were out and thrown into this, this world of travel and touring we weren't thinking about that at the time. Yeah, you really probably weren't prepared. Like, it's hard to prepare for something like that, isn't it? So you've really just got to adapt. And being with each other and being with a bit of a community, probably on your bus, and, and the other people that travel with you, it's almost like a you've got your own tribe. So you guys bounce off each other. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Over the years traveling, if you had time to go back, which we none of us do and we can't dwell on the past, we've got to try not to dwell on the past even when we do, what would you have changed and what's what's been the biggest thing you've learned challenge-wise? Um, for me, I'm the leader of this band. I just kind of happened, that role. And so throughout that time, I really took on everybody else's stuff. That wore me the fuck out, man. I, if the driver was having issues with his girlfriend at home and I knew he was stressed, I was stressed about that. If our bass player was freaking out 
and we're having his stuff going down or whatever, I was internalizing that and I wasn't sleeping because of it. And I was trying to keep the whole thing together, you know, and I was booking all the shows at the same time. So I took on everybody else's stuff in a huge way. And I wish I would have just like, there's nothing I can do about the bus driver's girlfriend. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and I, and I look back and see that now and I practice that even to this day, not taking on other people's stuff, you know, but um, that really consumed me. Not like getting in other people's business, but just like wishing the best for them and like wanting the train to keep rolling down the road. And it's hard though to create those boundaries, especially when you, it comes from a good place and you just want to help people, you know? And it's hard to say, all right, well, I've got to learn. This is not my, you know, it's not my business to be involved in. I've just got to step away. It's very, it's a lot easier said than done, you know? When you're seeing your friends struggling in front of you, it's really hard to put up those barriers and not take on other people's stuff, you know? It's really hard. It's really hard. You know, Phil and I, especially, we were always working so hard to to keep it all together and keep the train moving on a certain track. And I think one one of the things that I learned is that you cannot control where other people are at or where other people are going. And for me personally, I was always so stressed about whether someone was happy where they were at and if there was that potential that they might be getting off of the train. And you just have this or at least I did, I had this fear of, oh, great, well, what if this person takes off or what if this driver leaves or what if this, this guitar tech goes or what if this drummer decides to jump off, you know, then we've got to go back to the drawing board on this and that. And I would, looking back on it, you just cannot control where the other people are at mentally and in their heart. You know, if, if they're meant to stay, they're going to stay. If they're meant to move on and go on to something else, there's something better coming our way. And yeah, and, we saw that. Yeah. We saw as doors closed, you know, as people left, the right people came in. Yeah. You know, but for me personally, some of that change was really scary and, and it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be scary at all. Actually. You know, it's, it's about accepting that moment and accepting where that person is at, loving them for who they are and letting them go when, when they want to leave, you know, it's nothing personal. They just are along a different path. And Phil and I have chose to walk this path together and we choose that every day. That's a choice that we make every single day. And that's just not the case with everyone that we meet. And when we were, when we were younger, we would meet people. And for me personally, I would kind of compartmentalize them as the same thing. It was going to be the same thing. They're going to be as loyal to me as Phil is. They're going to work as hard and care as much as the two of us do. And that doesn't have to be the case for you to get on the bus and go do a tour. What needs to be the case is that we're solid with each other. We have each other's backs and we're letting that other stuff just go so that we can live life happily and make music and create and be in a good creative space. I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what you guys have set out to achieve, you know, that's what you're doing for the greater good. And as you mentioned earlier, far greater than yourselves and the impact and the and the legacy that you leave through the music that you guys are playing in communities all over the world is game changing. It's life changing, game changing, you know? Yeah, we're not the first ones to do it, you know? <laughs> no, 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 of course. But I mean, you, you every everyone's journey is relative to their own and, you, you, you know, we can't compare yours to you know, Bon Jovi's or to Kiss or whatever it may be. And I know you guys played played alongside those guys um, on a couple of tours most recently. 2018, was it? 
Yeah, we've been so lucky to get to uh, to get to meet so many of our heroes and get direct advice, you yes. know, and to get get nods, you know, like it's been such an amazing experience. What's been one of the most surreal experiences? I'm obviously you guys started this so long ago back in Michigan, yeah. We met here in California, in Los Angeles. You two met here in California. Phil, you're from Michigan, though, yeah. Yeah, I'm from Michigan. Mitch is from Indiana. So over the years, what's been a moment there where you've gone, holy hell, like I've, I'm getting nods from people I used to look up up to when I was a young wannabe musician. Like, where did that make you feel? Yeah, one of the first uh, moments like that that I can remember, obviously there's been a lot of them like playing festivals and lot, stuff. Yeah. You're playing a show and you look over and there's, you know, the headliners watching or something. It's exciting. But in like 2012, that same EP I was talking about earlier, Welcome to My Head, uh, we recorded a Bob Seger song, Fire Down Below. It's just kind of a tribute to Michigan, music from Michigan, you know. And uh, Bob's... um, oh, Bobby. <laughs> his manager, Punch Andrews, uh, I guess, wrote to our manager and said that, you know, Bob loved the, the version. And that was a... You know, we never got to hang with them or anything, but it's like a cool, just to hear that he, they had taken the time to say that they had listened to the record and, and approved, that's a big deal. You know, that's that was great so- validation, man, isn't it? That's awesome. You know, you're getting such euphoric highs when you're in front of people. Like I, I do acting outside of running living and, you know, being on, you know, set or, or delivering a keynote in front of, you know, thousands of people, it brings this euphoric high and it's almost like the adrenaline's pumping and then... I feel like after that and after you you put a scene down or you've delivered a keynote, you sort of crash almost. So I, I, I've tried to work on managing that so that I don't go so high to then come down and crash. How do you guys manage that part of the of the industry and that profession for both of you? I mean, you, you're doing so many tours, but in your quiet time or your times right now, like you said, I understand that you're doing those the quarantine stuff, but when you're not getting that high, did you ever sort of, like most of us turn to drugs or alcohol or something else to try and find that high. So that far out, I've got to try and keep up. Well, I I think that we've definitely been in those places before, especially when you're on the road and you're flying 150,000 miles an hour. Absolutely. For sure. I do believe that Phil and I are in a much healthier place with dealing with that. Like I've never really thought about that question per se, but thinking about it right now, I can honestly say that although that there is nothing like being in front of a crowd, nothing like being in front of an audience, I think that both of us are finding euphoria in different parts of our day that we've never found before. And I think that we're finding it in creation. I think that we're finding it in recording these desert demos that we're doing. And it's like true true joy and euphoria in in creation and art. And and I think that we're at least I am, I can't speak for Phil, but on the outside, I watch him um, get happy and get really excited about different aspects, parts that we've never gotten excited about before. And I think that we're learning a a lot about what makes us happy. And truly and truly happy. Truly happy. Because like you, like you said, you get on stage in front of 80,000 people, there's that super big high. And if you're not in a healthy place, if you're not in a good place inside of yourself, you will fall right off of that cliff and you'll be sitting alone on the bus and be like, wow, there's nothing like that. That's true. There is nothing like that, but there's also nothing like writing. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary. 
not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market song with Phil. There's nothing like coming up with an idea, that eureka moment and the light bulb goes on and there's this like rush of endorphins and serotonin. And you're like, wow, I'm creating, you know? And I think that we're finding joy in like really small things, clean water, good food, great company, slow afternoons, really beautiful hangs in the evening and time that we get to spend in the studio in our own space, in this space right here, creating. And I think that we both have found a lot of happiness in the grounding. And I think that no matter where we go from here, we're going to take that ground with us. And, and like I said, I've, I have never thought about this question before, but that is how we're managing is like this. We're evolving as people and as, as humans and as spiritual beings into this next phase of our life, which is, a lot of creation and we're getting ready to share a lot of content. And I think that that makes us really excited. I, th I think there's a lot to learn from this time. I think a lot of, a lot of people are, you know, there is a lot of panic and anxiety in the world right now because of the uncertainty, but I feel that there is a lot to be have learned through this, this time too. And I'm, I'm sure you, you boys in particular have learned things that you probably haven't learned before and you'll take them, you know, with both hands upwards to the to the next level of your career wherever that may take you you know it's been a cool part of this time is not only have we been writing all this new stuff but with this time we've gotten to go back into old recordings of ours that never got released this stuff we don't even remember writing let alone recording and we put it all together and we're actually um through the like through listening to that and just the reflection and how much you know it showed us the journey it's like that like these are you know, a couple of guys that knew nothing about writing songs 10 years ago, 
And so we are putting this all together and we're going to make it available to our fan base. Kind of like a little Whalen Warrior community. It's going to be called The Service and it's coming out real soon. And they're going to have access to, I mean, it's probably 50 or 60 songs on there at this point. Where can people find that once it's available? How, how do people get a hold of that and how do they get in touch? It'll all be through our website, waylandtheband.com. And within that, we're putting out videos. We're putting out special performances every week. We do a little video every week of like all of our clips from just our daily life. We love the process of just being super transparent with anybody that wants to see what the heck we're up to. Life. It's not, it's not the same life as, you know, as any, anybody really. And so I think the more people can share with each other, because I don't know what a lot of people do. I don't know what you do in your day. It's good to share that too with your community, you know, because if people can get closer to understanding what you guys do on a day-to-day basis, they're almost becoming closer to you guys as friends. And I think that's important to build a really, really solid community, one that will outgrow anything else that you could pro- you know, probably do. So I think that's great work, what you guys are doing. Mitch, I want to ask you too, mate, around your struggles that you've had directly around whether, you know, mental health challenges or, you know, the journey that you've been on. And I mean... I'm watching and listening to both of you speak, and it sounds like you guys are as thick as thieves. You guys have got each other's back. We do. Mate, mateship's at its absolute core. And unfortunately, that's not the case with everyone who struggles. Sometimes people are alone. People don't have their best friend or a confidant, someone that they can trust, someone that they can turn to when they're struggling. So can you walk me through the journey that you've been on and the impact that Phil has directly had on your life? You know, I, I think some one of the things that triggered a lot of the things that happened to me when I was younger, my dad passed away when I was 14. But even if I wouldn't, even if I wouldn't have experienced that, I still had, you know, we learn everything that we know, especially at, at those ages. We learn everything from our family and from our parents. And I had two really loving, amazing parents. But I learned, I learned some bad habits from my father. And I think that's okay to say because, you know, it was the unlearning process that was the important part. That being said, you know, I lost my dad when I was a teenager. When I met Phil, um, I think one of the things that drew me close to him was his calm and his really uh, even approach to everything that he thought about and the things that I would get upset about or overly think about. He just was very simple and like, explaining that it wasn't a big deal or, well, why don't you just look at it like this? He was very matter of fact. And I was very drawn to his energy in that way. And we became really close even before we started diving into, you know, the things that kind of made us tick or whatever. But I think all through my life, I'm the eldest of three boys and I had this pressure on my shoulders. I felt like I had to always be happy for my mom and happy for my brothers. And, but the reality of it was I had a lot of anger and a lot of anxiety and a lot of some regret and just things that built up, you know, that I didn't deal with. And that kind of stuff started to show itself when I was a young adult and it resulted in, you know, unconscious drug use and uh, mass amounts of alcohol and that kind of thing and, and to try to hide it. And that's what I did. I tried to kind of numb my feelings in that regard. And I think that's pretty, it's pretty common, for, especially for males, you know, people, they don't like to show their emotions and talk about them. So mate, it's very common. Exactly. And, and, you know, like 
like Phil said, we're not the first ones to do that. I'm not the first lead singer to ever live on this planet. And I can go back, you could look at so many different front men and they deal with the same things that I do, which is really interesting. But I'd say that calmness that Phil has, has always helped me in the sense, like when I'm really upset, Phil takes on this, this, uh, I don't know, he has this ability of taking himself completely out of the picture and no ego, no individuality. And he's just like this channel and he asks me questions and he asks me questions. And that's, and literally like, obviously I've helped myself through a cer certain things, but I can, I can name a few things in the last week that I was struggling with. And Phil would just ask me questions to, so that I would come to the realization myself. And he's not thinking like, oh, I need to ask him this question. So he comes to the realization himself. He's just being a friend and trying to put himself in a place to help his friend out. So the questions that he's asking me is helping me come to the real realizations myself that I don't need to take myself too seriously. I don't need to take this journey too seriously, that music is fun, that this process is supposed to be fun. And that's just, this is just one example. You know, it's really hard to take the 18 to 20 years that we've been together and like piece together my mental health journey. But I've had some really challenging moments. And thankfully, my best friend has been there for most of them to kind of talk me off of the edge in a way. And not only talk me off the edge, but help me find proactive ways to deal with that energy inside of myself. So I'm not always leaning on him. Now, of course, I can bounce ideas off of him, but the whole idea of this life is that we find these people so that we can find the strength in ourselves to, to stand our own, our, on our own two feet. I think that's where relationships really thrive. When you have two people that are brave enough to be on their own, but together and be honest with one another. I yeah. think being honest with one another is key. I think that's a huge thing. And, and I tell him that all the time, you know, I say, you know, I may be having a hard time, but I'll say, I'm so glad I shared this with you. You know, yeah, I am having a hard time. Yeah. This stuff doesn't make sense. Yeah. I'm overreacting. Yes. All this stuff, but at least I'm being honest with you about it. And now we can work through it together. You know how many times this guy has pulled me out of the dark space and be like, Hey dude, listen, like you're not on your own. Like if you're in a hard spot, like I can tell you're thinking, I can tell you're in your head. I can tell that you're not happy. So talk to me. So tell me why. Like this doesn't have to leave the room. We're here together. Just let me know what's going on. So maybe we can help each other out because the goal is we're together so that we're creating and writing music to help people, you know, so like he'll encourage me to sit down and write my feelings. He'll encourage me, like literally he'll be playing chords. He'll be like, so how are you feeling? Like, tell me what you're thinking. Tell me what you're feeling. And he'll sing the words back to me. And then it's like, okay, now we're writing a song. And at the end I'm crying and I'm saying, oh my gosh, I had no idea I even felt that way about this process. So I have to say there is an infinite amount of ways that he has helped me through my process and it's different every time. But if there's one thing that I know is that there is one person on this planet that I can always depend on and it's, and it's Phil Valinsky. That's hands down for sure. That's unreal. Phil, how does that make you feel, mate? When you hear that from your, from your best friend that you spent, you know, two decades with. Yeah. I never really thought of us as that close, honestly. <laughs> um, 
I mean, he's a great guy and everything. Um, <laughs> so, Mitch, what you're saying is you're safe to say Phil wasn't around. You don't know where you'd be in terms of some of those battles that you've been facing? Or I could say that, you know, I would have off myself. I might have. I don't know. You know, everything happens for a reason. Everything in this life is constructed for you for a reason. And he came into my life when I thought I was a very happy, easygoing person. And Phil showed me that I wasn't. <laughs> Never said that. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> but you know, like we studied karate together and we were studying life together and we were studying all these things. He wasn't telling me that, but it was really clear that I was taking things extremely seriously and I had a really bad temper with things. So it's like, like, I don't know where I would be without him. Hopefully, I'd like to think that if he wasn't around during that time, something else would have showed up to be in service of that journey. Because the fact of the matter is, like, we're on earth for the same reasons. But personally, I'm on earth to help the human race get through this process. I'm here on earth to help people. And the people in, in other worlds that are looking out for me, they're trying to bring people into my life so that I'm able to grow and heal and have this experience so I can share it and give it to somebody else to show someone else that it's worth living the next day, that it's worth getting out of bed and all that kind of stuff. That is one of my purposes here on earth. So I'd like to think like, yes, where would I be without Phil? Man, I don't know. And honestly, I don't really like to think about it because I love this life that we live together and I love what we've done together. But I'd like to think that if he didn't show up, somebody else would have or some other thing would have come to show me like, you know what? You've got anger issues. You know what? You are an anxious person. You know what? You take yourself way too seriously. You know, you need to relax. You know, and he didn't say it like that. But these are the mantras that I hear in my head because of the things that he's taught me and the things that we've learned together. I love that. I think that's important. And, and from what I'm hearing you say is, Phil's been certainly able to remind you how important the journey is and not be so serious and hard on yourself, put so much pressure on yourself, but also be a listening ear. And that's really important. But he also reminds me, and, and trust me, I've been on that time where I've had to tell him, like, listen, man, I'm not feeling good. And I'm feeling like I don't want to be here anymore. That's what I feel like. And he's had to remind me, we're like, okay, dude, it sucks that you're feeling that way, but let's put it down. Let's write it down. And he reminds me that I'm here to feel that so that I can help people with feeling those same things. That we can translate that into lyrics and music and that people can feel that in their heart and take away why it's important to stick around. And I think that we've reminded each other of that. I mean, uh, we've seen each other through everything that you can go through between 18 and now the good times the bad times and everything else in between you guys have been there and that's that's outstanding there's some new people that have come into our lives and all of them have mentioned they're like how do you guys get along so well how do you guys live so close and but you're so kind to each other and that's a practice that's something that we have practiced you know because i say yeah it's great like we're we're super happy you know, but there's been times that we've struggled with each other and that's okay. And that's okay to say, and that's okay to be honest about. But I wonder, you know, like I see these people and they say, man, I wish I had that. I wish I had that. I say, you wish you had that, but would you be willing to go through what we went through 
to have it because it hasn't always been easy. And like Phil says, it's a constant mirror. So guess what? He's a mirror for me every single day. And that's not always easy. And so someone says, I wish I had that. I said, okay, well, look, look, look yourself in the mirror. Oh, no, no, I don't want to look at that. Okay. Well, then you're not ready for that. I promise you, you're not ready for that. Yeah, it's powerful, mate. It's so true. It's so true. And it's rare to find as well to have someone that have a team like you guys. Well, I, I can already feel I'm not even in the same room as you guys. I can just hear it. I can feel it from where I'm sitting in Kentucky. So I think you guys have, have helped one another. And I think that that goes to show the success in, in what you've done over the last you know 20 odd years uh, and everything that you're creating now and what you're doing as of right this very moment out in Joshua Tree. I think there's some really exciting things to come. And I'm hopeful, boys. I'm hopeful throughout this podcast, we could probably play part of that new song. Oh, it's great. What do, what do you reckon? Can I get that played inside this podcast? Some of the new song, Be The Lion? What up? We bend, we break, we fight our wars. We breathe the smoke as a fire rose. I'm holding on to the pain that burns inside out a lot, I'm so never winning. I'm down on my luck, tired of losing and losing touch. I'm hanging on to the edge of the world this time. from here boys where to from here man it's like like i said we're really focusing on uh that that warrior community the service and we're putting all that music out but we also we've been recording a bunch of new songs here in our room and i think we're gonna package them together in a little bundle called the desert demos and crank okay. them out and we, we just want to be putting music out you know we've got like six songs that we finished right before the quarantine literally the week before everything shut down we finished yeah and so beeline was the first one we got another one coming out in september and we're just going to be cranking music out for the rest of the year yeah yeah that's the goal so just to keep keep creating keep creating yeah man so and along with putting a song out you know we get to share the message and obviously make videos and do interviews and all the stuff that goes along with it and so that's it's the greatest life you know i mean this is we i want you to know we talked about this when we were kids we're sitting right now the room that we're sitting in right now this has been a dream for us this is a, and we as we were building it this is a dirty garage when we moved in and we built you can't see it right now but it's a beautiful studio and it's a beautiful space to create in and we would talk about this when we'd share rooms in downtown los angeles with other bands and they'd have their their stuff everywhere and piled up and we'd be like i can't wait until we have our own space when we have our own room we're going to do this when we have our own room, we're going to do this and it literally is a dream come true and every day that we're waking up we're writing and we're spending time in here and we're playing music and we're jamming and this to us is it's heaven it's like absolute heaven on earth it sounds like it is and it's, it's inspiring man it goes back to your earlier point phil earlier where you guys get to do this together how fun's that? Some people like myself, 
when we're trying to pursue an acting career, we're on our own. So to find that motivation day after day, time after time, you really rely on yourself. And I'm sure you guys push and, and you know, give each other the odd karate kick from time to time when they're not pulling their weight. <laughs> This is what we're here to do. Remember? Oh yeah, we're supposed to create and write songs. It's supposed to be fun. I forgot, and I, mm. I think I forget more than anybody. But um, yeah, it's 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 a miracle, man. It's a miracle where we're at, and it's 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 really incredible to live this life right now. I love it. I love it, and it's um, it's like I said, man. It's inspiring just to listen to what you guys have been able to share here on the podcast. Uh, to listen to you know probably a very small part of your journey, but one that's no doubt going to help people from all walks of life. Um, certainly gave me some insight into what it's like on the road day to day. And again, probably just scraping the bottom of that barrel. You boys have been through the thick and thin of it and learned so much about yourselves as well, no doubt, but also other people. As far as people getting in touch with you guys, with Wayland, how can they do that? Is it best via the website, Instagram, Facebook? It'd be best if we just announced Mitch's phone number right here and yeah, now. It's, yeah, Mitchie, what is it, mate? <laughs> uh, you know, we're all over the place. Uh, WaylandTheBand.com is really the central hub of our world. That's where we have everything. Because there's links from, you know, from there to Instagram, to Facebook, to TikTok, to YouTube, to Twitter. You know, we're, we utilize you, boy, you boys on TikTok too. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're TikTok. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's good. You got to you got to have fun. Keep up with the times, I guess, and 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 spread that love as best as you can. Ways to to get the music out, you know, it's cool. And, and I, I want to thank you, by the way, for everything that you're doing uh, with to raise awareness around mental health because it's a big deal. It's affected our lives in a huge way. Not only I know Mitch talked about his journey, but you know we've got family members and friends. And when we released "I'm Not All Right" over the holidays of last year, that was a song all about all about mental health, about the idea of, and we went into schools and we, we got to talk to kids about it. Just the idea of being able to say, it's okay to be not all right. Just say that within ourselves. And I just feel like that's really aligned with what you're doing. And when I heard about every, when Alyssa filled us in on everything you were doing, I just want to tell you, thank you, man. You know, I, I appreciate that. I'm very grateful. Obviously it started from a very sacred place in losing a good friend back in 2013. But as you boys have mentioned, I mean, you guys have gone through your own challenges. You've probably known people who have taken their own life along your journey, people that you've probably worked alongside with. And I think we're all just trying to do our best to make a difference wherever we can. And you boys are, you know, utilizing the such a, a special medium through the power of voice and to be able to spread that message on, a, on an international stage. You can't really put a value on it, mate. It's really invaluable. So we're just doing our best um, at living to try and make a difference, to save lives, stop people from taking their own life, create hope in people's lives that they don't really see hope anymore. So I, I thank you guys for doing what you're doing. Music was such a huge part in the joy that we have in our lives. And I think that we both feel really lucky that we get to share that piece of joy with everyone else. It's, it's an honor and it's just really incredible. And that's why we chose to put out Be The Lion at this time is, you know, those lyrics... It's all about getting through dark times and reminding ourselves that we don't have to stay there. Reminding ourselves that through all that, through the smoke, through the turmoil, that we can still hold on to our power. No matter what we're seeing, not to let, not to let other people tell us how we're supposed to feel during this time. Like there, there can be good that comes out of this, especially personally. I think we can all take that power back. and We don't have to just be bummed out because we're in a quarantine or, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like we can rise above that. 
It's very true, and I'm really excited to to watch your journey unfold. I'll, I'll be connecting with you guys. When I'm back in LA, I actually live in West Hollywood myself, so hopefully our paths get the cross. Hey man, you got to come see us. Mate, I, I'd love to meet you guys in human form. Absolutely. Absolutely. My, my, my girlfriend, she's actually starting a singing career herself. But with the quarantine, the whole group sort of got put on hold. Exciting times. You know, I, I've never really been involved in much music i'm pretty uncoordinated when it comes to dancing and rhythm and that but i'll tell you what i've learned a lot over the last couple of years since being with nadia and like i'm I'm recording right now out of her dad's studio here in in kentucky but to listen to what you guys have done and and the commitment to your craft so to speak you know it's inspiring and it's really inspired me to not only pursue really hard with living and everything that we're doing in the mental health space but also my journey personally in the acting arena so thanks boys i appreciate your time appreciate what you're up to and um i will hold both of you to that human form meetup at some stage in the near future awesome great much love fellas take care there you have it guys philip and mitch from wayland thanks legends Thank you again for listening in to another episode of It Ain't Week to Speak. Please like, share, and spread the love to as many people as you can. Let people know that you subscribe to the show. Don't forget to leave a review or a comment so that we can grow this community together because a conversation could save a life. If you want to continue this chat, please join me on the podcast Facebook group at living.org. I can't wait to share the next episode with you, but in the meantime, stay well. Keep living and remember, it ain't weak to speak. Thank you and have a top day. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.